Fred Aloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you, by my count, Garage Logic Podcast number 999. Ooh, I had the fanfare ready. January 13th, Friday the 13th. Those have never bothered me. 2023. 48 degrees in 1987 was the record high on this date. And uh, back in 1916, she was a bit chilly at 30 below. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Jay in Roseville needs to have his email read to honor him for his diligence and his research. Okay. Gentlemen, I reviewed the full GL podcast archive to try and validate the true podcast number. Oh, boy. And I believe you are actually off by two. (laughs) That would make the January 12 podcast yesterday announced as number 998. The 1,000th podcast. Congratulations. That was fun. (laughs) That was a good time. As mentioned on the January 9 podcast, both of the shows for 12-9-2022 and 12-12-2022 were announced as podcast number 978. Hmm. The same thing happened for shows on 5-8-2020 and 5-11-2020, both announced as podcast 380. You went back. Maybe we can bring back the old model for 2023 close Close enough. enough. Also, a ray of hope about the failed academy. My son will be a freshman in high school next year and toured our local public school, Roseville High School, as part of orientation. The principal gave a presentation touting the importance of trade work, how the school will prepare kids for any career path, and that college is not for everybody. Then we toured the recently built automotive repair classroom, a full working shop complete with lifts and tools. He spent half an hour talking to the teacher and touring the shop, followed by another half hour touring the woodworking shop. For the first time in years, he is excited about school. Isn't that wonderful? Mm, that's, that's really cool. fantastic. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jay in Roseville, uh, there's no getting around what you've discovered. We'll take his word for it. And as long as you've discovered that, you know what I'm going to call today's podcast? Hmm. Number 998. Then Monday will be number 999, and Tuesday will be 1,000. Okie doke. All right, so let's start the show over, please. Uh, Please start the show over. Start here. Are you going to start, or you want me to hit the theme? Rattalonis, come on. You're just making it up. Rattalonis, let's go. (laughs) Okay. Are we ready? Yep. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Nope, 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 nope. I'm sorry. No Ace. That's right. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 998, January 13th, 2023. 48 degrees was the high on this day in 1987, and it was as chilly as 30 below on this day in 1916. And now, from the mayor's That's office right. above right. the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, Monday it's will Garage be Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology the, Corner. Uh, people Kenny Olson who attend the, the show on Tuesday John Hyde will be getting the genuine deal. They'll be getting the 1,000th podcast. Here is your flashlight king, love to hear. fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, 
your money. Huh? Joe Sushi. We just left some money on the table, didn't we? I think we did. We're doing four free shows. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Those emailing, by the way, about the um, 1,000th podcast, the tickets have been claimed. For a long time. For, for quite some time, and we're sorry that we can't accommodate all of the people that wanted to uh, to join us on Tuesday. Yeah. I got a note from uh, our buddy, uh, Jordy, yep. who writes the uh, the Penn Biden Center, where classified documents from Joe Biden's time as VP were found, lies at the center of the latest controversy affecting the president. And then uh, Jordy wanted me to read a story about the high the Hunter Biden China classified documents mystery. It also has been discovered that sixty classified documents were found in boxes in Biden's garage where he also keeps a very nice-looking 1967 Corvette Stingray. And Jordy notes that a 1967 Stingray can lose 65 classified documents in 4.7 seconds. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. See, that was a, that was a boom, boom, boom. But That's you weren't funny. listening. No, I was. Yeah. Now, speaking of these documents... I was listening, uh, going up and down the dial, driving in, and I tuned into the Glenn Beck show, and they've either discovered him previously or, uh, unbelievably enough, they've just discovered Hank Johnson. Ah. Hank is continuing to represent some portion of the Atlanta area as a representative in Washington, D.C. Okay. Hank came to our attention in 2010 when he was worried that the island of Guam would tip over because of additional military service, and the admirals that he was grilling had to say, we really don't anticipate that. Well, now it turns out, and uh, the Beck gang had a great point, why isn't Hank Johnson gone to for everything? Hank Johnson... Correspondent on all matters. Oh, I would go to Hank, (laughs) as those guys said, I would go to Hank for everything. Right. Because you think of the, the... We got a congenital liar in Congress with this Santos nutcase. And we've got all kinds of nutcases in Congress, uh, including Hank Johnson, who's quite literally, I would think, could meet the medical definition of idiocy. (laughs) (laughs) He he thinks an island can flip over. And now, for some reason, somebody got to him, I don't know who it was, and asked him about what he thinks of the discovery of these uh, classified documents that Biden apparently took with him when he left the vice presidency. Response to it all is that alleged classified documents showing up allegedly in the possession of uh, of uh, Joseph Biden. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much that needs to be um, investigated and. Um, and that's, that's what I call for, is for everything to be investigated. But I'm suspicious of the timing of it. I'm, I'm also aware of the fact that things can be planted on people. Oh. P- places and things can be planted. Um, things, things can be planted in places uh, and then discovered conveniently. That may be what has occurred here. I'm not ruling that out. But I don't, I'm, I'm open in terms of the investigation. Needs to be investigated. These are the people that represent us. This guy thinks a place can be 
arranged. Yeah, you can do that. You could move Atlanta to a different state, Let's for go. example, mm-hmm. and then conveniently discover something there. You know? Right. This guy's a moron. That uh, that view that Republicans planted the uh, documents. Yes. Also shared by Joy uh, Behar. I, oh, I don't think happened. any mention of her should ever darken <laughs> this show. She's another one that would meet the medical definition of idiocy. Mm. <laughs> there was a fun uh, thread on Twitter this morning about just how dumb she is and Boy, it was it was just delightful to read. Do you My realize God. that Hank's been representing Georgia's 4th congressional district since 2007? Well, what does that say about the people he represents? Thank you. Good God yeah. in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we have enough trouble? I should go to his. What, what's that website? Poll something or other. My what di- what district did you say, Chris? Uh, Georgia's fourth congressional district. I believe it's the Atlanta area. It is. Oh, that's what I was wondering. And he has a constituency wow. of people he is apparently hoodwinked I gotta into believing the... that he can actually function. All right, I got to find the poll results from twenty twenty two. Oh God, what? This is going to be earth-shattering. Landslide. Georgia's 4th Congressional District election, Joe, happened back in, all the way back in 2022. Sure. In which the incumbent, Hank Johnson. Hank, our man Hank. Received 216,332 votes. Okay. The Republican candidate that ran against him by the name of Jonathan Chavez received... 59,302. Hank the, Johnson got 79% of the Give me the, the total of votes for Johnson again. 216. 216,000 people in Georgia believe that islands can tip over. Um, yep. But wait a second. Yes, sir. Isn't that more of a reflection on the Republican offering for that office? <laughs> That's a good that's point. A, that's a way to look at it. I mean, it. how dumb do you have to be well, in order to be beat by this you know, clown? Well, Kenny, yeah, yeah, you know you. what? You make a decent point because in 2018, or excuse me, in 2020, Hank did receive 80% of the vote with 278,000. Mother of God in heaven. And he beat Josie Cruz as a Mudin, as a who received 69,000 votes. As long as we're on the line, uh, along the path of recognizing just how oh my God. frightfully in trouble we are with who's leading this country, mm-hmm. it's time for our old game, Rook versus Kamala Harris. Oh, boy. Oh, we've played right. that in a long time. I, I think the I fans love that. Here, what should they do? And, uh, and you know how this works, Rook. You are the vice president. Yep. You are Mr. Vice President Matthew Mikulski. And you've uh, you appeared this yep. week at Ann Arbor, yep, University of Michigan, and you joined Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm at the university and University of Michigan professor Kyle White in a conversation on the climate crisis. In fact, you were there yesterday. Yep, uh, you were at the university's Rackham Auditorium, mm. and <laughs> and you. He sounds surprised. <laughs> Very nice a venue. What? Very nice venue. How many yes. days did you spend at the old rack ham? Well, we uh, we rack hammered pretty good there. And you, uh, sir, were asked mm-hmm. uh, to describe the momentum of environmental advocacy as it is being spurred both by optimism and, of course, 
the fact that we're in environmental crisis. Mm -hmm. But your specific question is, could you describe the momentum of the the environmental, could you describe the momentum of yours and others' environmental advocacy as this country uh, deals with uh, both the optimism of your movement and, of course, the crisis we face? Mr. Uh, Vice President, could you? I'll ask the question now officially. Okay. Mr. Vice President, could you describe the momentum of uh, environmental advocacy as it is being spurred by both optimism and crisis? Uh, the momentum of these uh, these environmentalists um, is overpowering. Mm. It's overpowering. They are in your face. They have statistics. They have a lot of momentum. Unfortunately. Uh, I do not uh, agree with what they um, say that we are in a climate emergency. That there's a there's well, they use the word date, crisis. Crisis. Sir. Okay. That there is a there is an end date down the road here where the entire Earth will implode. So, you know, personally, I believe that um, uh, the Earth is bigger than these uh, environmentalists and these activists, mm-hmm. and um, I think they're wasting a lot of time, even though. They have uh, great numbers and such. Um, I want them to. Uh, I want them to come to the realization that nature is bigger than man, mm-hmm. and that the the climate is changing. But it's not because of the cars we drive, uh, the paper we recycle, or the type of gas that we burn. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, so I would I would tell them yes, they do have momentum, but it's misguided. It, yeah. They're going they're going nowhere. It's a very uh... It's a very interesting answer, sir, given the forum uh, would have anticipated that you would have been fully on board with uh, your environmental advocacy and acknowledging a terrible crisis. I, I, commend yeah. your, I commend your independence of thought on this. Thank you. But, but the booze that. right now coming from the crowd. Oh, yeah, it's a tough crowd. Boo. Tough crowd, but this is a tough position to be in. When you are in this situation, right. you have to— uh, It's not easy being the vice president, is, is it, no, Mr. Vice no, President? No, it's not. Yeah. I'm the Corvette, the paperwork in my garage. I tell you. No, that was a different vice president, Oh, that's sir. the future. Okay, gotcha. That's no, current, no, that's a, that, that, was that was the past. past. That's right. That was the past. Okay, now that's that's Rook versus Kamala Harris. Here's Kamala asked. The Would same, you please ask the current vice president uh, the same question, Madam Vice President? Uh, could you please uh, describe what you believe to be the momentum of environmental advocacy as it is being spurred by both optimism and crisis? Hmm. I think of this moment as a moment that is about great momentum, inspired by, yes, optimism, inspired by a crisis, no doubt, um, but inspired by also our collective ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. Hmm. And that's critically important. That's critically important. Rook wins hand down. Not, hands not even down. close. Okay. Not, not even close. Not, not even close. Not even close. Nope. Was it close? Not even. You are a better vice president than Kamala Harris. Wow, I'll take the gig. Yeah. I'll take the gig. There was another question, too. She is certifiably and medically uh, convicted of idiocy. Idiocy, yes. Mm -hmm. Wasn't there also another question, Mr. Uh, Speaker, about the Caribbean uh, nations? 
Well, I believe ask. she, uh, uh, you're catching me a little bit off guard, but okay. uh, by, uh, you asked the question oh, of the vice I president. Can. Uh, if you don't mind. <laughs> I don't, don't mind, mind at all. Uh, no, a- acquiescing and that I'm time. not the speaker. I'm just a moderator. <laughs> the at, moderator. At, at Rackham sorry. Auditorium. Uh, point of privilege. Point of privilege. Right, point I'd, of uh, privilege. Harumph. <laughs> if, if I'm asked, I would rather be asked questions by the mayor of Garage Logic only. Oh, okay. So I'm to ask Rook what? Well, you, you no, can ask, ask me. Ask me. The, uh, the, the, the troublesome storms that we've been having uh, over a period of years, Mr. Vice President Mikulski, uh, several uh, areas have been greatly infe- uh, greatly uh, uh, damaged, affected. affected by these storms, including the Caribbean nations. Um, you know, and, and some of those people just haven't had the ability to regroup and rebuild. Do you have any thoughts about uh, that part of, the, of our world? Uh, it's a part of the world that's been involved with typhoons, hurricanes, uh, since 4.5 billion years. Sure. And unfortunately, they're in a track of the hurricanes. There's nothing you really can do. You can't stop it. You can try to help build better uh, framework, and but that's up to that country. That country has to take it upon themselves to make sure they're building, uh, maybe not necessarily with OSHA requirements, but... Uh, a stable apartment building, hotel, etc. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, uh, as harsh as it may seem and such, they just need to um, they need to up their game a little bit. They mm-hmm. need to pull up their their bootstraps. Sure. Uh, what's that uh, song? Uh, lift yourself uh, dust up. Dust me off. Lift yourself off. Dust yourself yep. off. Dust yourself Take off. Take a look around. Take a look yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Start all over Start again. All over. Start all over. It's again. a harsh yeah. reality. There's no. Um, there's no plus side to it mm-hmm. other than they have to take responsibility and be big boys or be big con- countries and uh, big country oh. and such. Big and uh, we're at the mercy of nature again. You know, when's the next one going to hit? <laughs> Mr. President, know. if Mr. I may, Mr. Vice President, Mr. Vice President, if I may, yeah. um, do, you, do you feel it's the uh, job or duty of the United States and the taxpayers to... Uh, enable this sort of um what do we call it rebuilding Rebuilding the infrastructure yes thank you i think we can offer a couple hammers some nails maybe some lumber get a couple of get fratelloni involved (laughs) some repurposed two by fours Yeah, get a couple union guys to zip down there and say here's what you're doing here uh, tiger we're gonna put Uh, uh, this thing together one more question mr vice president what uh, if any does osha what do they have to do with the building codes well, you know, OSHA is the uh, oh the, the proper um, facility, uh, facilitator and such uh, to make sure that um, things are done properly, uh, done well, uh-huh. um, and uh-huh. such. Well, that's and, a wrong answer, Mr. Vice President. Well, I, um, I'm, do you, I'm, I, I, I'm, I don't hear you anymore. You must be there. It's, uh, Mr. Vice President, it slipped my mind. What exactly does OSHA stand for? That's an acronym, is it not? Occupational Hazard... Nope, that's S. You missed the S. Occupational safety, safety hazard, Dukes of Hazard. No H in O. No, so O S H A Association. There you go. That's fine. Close now, enough. Uh, Close enough. <laughs> Madam Vice President, Dukes of uh, Hazard. He says. Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. Yes. Your views on the uh, the Here. Caribbean. I convened, and I've convened now at least three times. Uh, a group that has is their acronym, CARICOM. It is the Caribbean nations, island nations. 
in the Western Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. That is where the Caribbean is. We are also in the Thank Western you. Hemisphere. They are our neighbors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Rookie wins again. <laughs> she had to explain that. That is the worst See, condescension <laughs> I've ever. Is that when you talk down to people? Yeah. Okay. That's the part, though, that she's nodding. You know, they're in the Western Hemisphere, and she's nodding as if, you know. Nobody knows. You, get you it? know that. Get it? Get it? Yeah. <laughs> do you ever saying, think about it from a global perspective, oh. which is not only what we do, we have a responsibility to do within our country, but globally. Well, it just goes on and on. Uh, the uh, Her appearance at Rackham Auditorium at Michigan was well well covered, and there's quite a bit of audio from her. But once again, uh, Mikulski versus Harris proves that rookie is no a, contest is a is a better vice, more gifted vice president. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, than uh, than this certified idiot. <laughs> can you imagine this? Can you? I'm sorry, that slipped out by accident. This country finally gets around to electing a, a female vice president, and they opt for the dumbest person. On the planet. Isn't that something? That's amazing it to really me. It really is. It really is. So many brilliant minds out there, and we got that. Yeah. Well, we'll move on. I, I always love to play rookie versus Kamala. You've not lost yet. No. And I, you know what? I haven't even, I have not previewed those questions. No, you haven't. Uh, they're just thrown at me, and uh, I just give you what I got. And you handle it the way of, of yes, uh, you in the back. Yes, please. Hank Johnson. Yes. Yeah, Hank. In 2008? Yeah. Received 224,492 votes, which was 99.91% .91 of the vote. He ran unopposed. Goodness. Well, goodness. You just looked like you were too good a And we're mood. supposed to take this country. <laughs> we're supposed to take these people seriously. I was scribbling up while I was playing Colin. I went, you got to be essing me. What? It's, it's everywhere you look uh, <laughs> under the theme of everything's upside down. There was some certified idiot, medically qualified as, <laughs> as for idiocy, on CNN who said a gas stove in your house is like a car running in your house. No. <laughs> well, it isn't. No, it it no, isn't anything no. like that. But uh, we're supposed to take. I come in here <laughs> every bleeping day. And I'm supposed to take these people seriously? These I miss, people are idiots. I misspoke. He also ran unopposed in 2008. Uh, no, I don't think it's necessarily unrelated to point out my growing fascination. Fascination might be too strong a word. My growing interest in the whole alien, unidentified aerial phenomenon uh Stuff. Stuff that we have going on. Uh, and I predict, I was talking to Kenny about this because he too is a believer or willing to believe. I predict this year will be a big, I'm being serious now, yep. a big breakout year in this news. Uh, too many credible people are weighing in on this topic. And we're going to discover that what we think we don't understand is either our creation and the government is trying to protect it from Russia and China knowledge or little Kim's knowledge. So we're we're putting the clamp on the on the stuff that even our own people see 
our own Navy pilots, or it will be determined that, no, this isn't our stuff. We're not that advanced yet, and we didn't invent this, and we don't know what this is. Uh, and I'm going to... Uh, uh, I'm going to continue to watch it. I get I got an email today from Gary who writes, uh, oh, he didn't want his name used. Shoot. Okay. Well, I just said the first name, which was Larry Robert. Uh, I've been a loyal listener since April of 93 when the GL boundaries and foundations were being staked and laid. I'm amazed at the evolution of your show has gone through. More importantly, I find myself in lockstep with your take excluding the staff you have, on the world at large about 90% of the time, which is unmatched by any other media source. I have heard you on 1-10-22 mention an alien series, and I tried searching for such a series, but there are quite a few of them, and those I have seen are clunkers in the long run. What is the specific title you are watching, and where is it carried? As an aside... When you have a best of, is it possible to hear show number one from 1993 asking for a friend? Sincerely, SOS, slow, old, and smart. The show that I watch is just called Aliens. It's on the History Channel. Aliens are ancient aliens. And I believe it's on, is it Monday nights and Friday nights? That's on tonight. Uh, Scott Matura from Montana weighs in. Joe, why do so many ancient peoples around the planet have paintings and images of other human figures that look like they're in spacesuits? And images that are anatomically correct that you can only see from the sky. They were probably here and decided we weren't far enough along. Pushing back with knowledge and nerves got mature in Montana. Many people are weighing in. We no longer have to be afraid of being considered daffy by this. Right. You know, it, it's happening. It's And I'm interested. I don't, again, the only reason the government could, there's two reasons the government could be keeping this from us. They don't, they're, we know that the government's got too many Hank Johnsons and Kamala Harris's in it. Right. They're idiots. <clears throat> Or, or, or two, they're not idiots. They've invented this stuff, and we're trying to keep it secret. Mm-hmm. See, Those I are the only so two many possibilities. Right. Oh, well, I think there's more possibilities. This could be um, subterfuge. They they could be creating this for reasons we do not yet understand. They and release. being who. The government, the military, the defense uh, I know department. you've bounced this off me before, and I can't follow that <gasps> reasoning. Right. It doesn't make sense yet, but it wouldn't be the first time that there's been a misdirection. Here's what I want to say, though. We both watch this show on uh, the History Channel, and from time to time, most every time, it gets out there. And oh, yeah. the theories yeah. get uh, rather outrageous. Yeah. The show that I watched, I believe it was Monday night. No, it was Tuesday. Tuesday night was a repeat of a uh, series that air- first aired in 2019 on the Vice Channel. Which I didn't know existed, by the way. But I said into my microphone when he told me about it, Vice Channel, and it went right to the Vice Channel. And isn't the that great, series... Isn't that great how that works? Yeah. The series, uh, many parts to the series, is called Unidentified inside america's ufo insiders Mm -hmm. and uh, this is the one that gives us fighter pilots radar operators sonar operators defense uh higher ups and podesta legitimate real people who have had uh, encounters with ufos 
And it's uh, much more credible, if you ask me, than uh, our favorite show, Aliens and Ancient Aliens. Speaking of uh, the government and those type of questions, Mr. Johnson, could you please weigh in on uh, aliens maybe possibly roaming amongst us? My my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. We don't. We don't anticipate that. Great so. answer. <clears throat> How am I supposed to take any of this seriously? You're not. It's a sitcom. These people are buffoons. Yeah. Buffoonery. You know, I have a good sign of spring. What do you got? EcoFun Motorsports. <coughs> oh, nice. I smelled spring the other Tis day, the and when I smell spring, I smell getting my scooter out of storage. Okay. It's up at EcoFun in Forest Lake. There are two EcoFun Motorsports locations in Forest Lake on Highway 97, just immediately west of Interstate 35E, and the uh, store in Burnsville off the service road near County Road 42, both with uh, great quantities of electric bikes, all the gas scooters that turn urban errands into adventures, golf carts, 4x4s, youth recreational equipment, helmets, apparel, great service. These people can really do great service on your stuff, and they have a pickup and delivery uh, option that you can pursue. I've used it. It's very modestly priced. I enjoy it. And uh, I can't tell you enough that when I say the words EcoFun, I am thinking spring. And we're on the, you know, as a 21st-er, I can tell you, we're over the hump. I mean, as a 21st-er, as a 21st-er, get to EcoFun and get your order in now and have it ready for when the... uh, the 57,000 inches of snow that city council people think we have on the street at last melts and you can right. begin doing your errands on those fun scooters or letting the kids out in the yard with their youth recreational equipment. It's EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake and Burnsville. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchelet. Hey, it's been a while since uh, I've reminded everybody about this great website. You can surf on over to seafoamworks.com, an excellent source on the proper use of all seafoam products. They also have some really good advice on their website about reviving bad running engines, seafoam motor treatment. It can be used to stabilize fuel for up to two years. That means it's perfect for storing equipment. You don't have to drain that gas tank anymore. And everything it does for small engines it also does for the big ones, cars, trucks, tractors, and everything you can think of, both gas and diesel. Great preventive medicine and great for reviving old engines, uh, trannies too, for that matter, with Seafoam Tranny Tune. Check out that website, seafoamworks.com, and you'll find it everywhere. It's our local company with a global reach and a true miracle in a world of bad gas. It's Seafoam. You know what we're going to have Tuesday night for the 1,000th podcast celebration in Hopkins? What? Prizes. Really? Really some neat stuff. Yeah, that'll be given away. Uh, and uh, you got to have your tickets with you. Unfortunately or fortunately, it's sold out. There is no way to get a ticket, and you will be witnessing uh, the 1,000th podcast. 99. Actually, it's, it won't be, but we'll call it that, Right. Because yes, that's close that's enough. That's what it is, right? Close uh, enough. But yeah, I got a call yesterday about all this neat stuff that's going to be very cool given to the attendees 
uh, I suppose, based on a drawing or some sort of thing. Uh, there's a little bit more of uh, Vice President Harris that I forgot to include. In All right, this is uh, Kamala. Seconds. The border, by many people's account, is not secure by Border Patrol agents who are there telling the media they just don't believe it is. Do you believe the border is secure now? I will tell you something. One of our highest priorities is to ensure that we have a secure border, and that is what we are doing. The so in other words... <laughs> That's our highest priority, meaning well, it can't be. It's it's not secure at all right now. No, no. <laughs> she doesn't even realize the irony of her own statement. We uh, other than that, though, everything's just okay. We lost Jeff Beck the other day, mm-hmm. and I got a great email from a guy named Ted Guth, who writes: Joe attaches a story about a phone conversation I had with Jeff Beck. Ted in Maiden Rock, and the uh, when I printed, uh, I'll try to read it, but the printing came out very uh, small. Joe, I was listening to your one twelve twenty three podcast and heard the discussion about the unfortunate passing of guitar legend Jeff Beck. I have a Jeff Beck story you may find interesting. The story took place in two thousand four. I have a small vintage Corvette business, which I op- I had a small vintage Corvette business, which I operated in Savage, Minnesota. I always maintained a couple of dozen of these cars in inventory. They range in years from 1953 to 1967. I had a website presence and sold and shipped many of my cars to Europe. One day the phone rang. I answered it, and there was a guy on the other end with a British accent who told me he was calling from Great Britain. It was not uncommon for me to get a phone call from overseas. He inquired about a restored and correct 1967 427 Roadster I had on my website. We discussed that particular car and had a couple of other 67 427 Roadsters in coupes, also in inventory. It was clear that he was looking for the rare and expensive 435 horsepower optioned car. Due to the costs of those particular cars, I told him that I never inventoried cars with that specific engine option. Because of this, I wasn't able to meet his needs. We talked for a while about my little dealership, and he talked about the cars he owned. His were primarily street rods, though he was starting to collect American muscle cars from the mid to late 60s. He seemed very pleasant, and I enjoyed talking to him. Below is a transcript of the conversation after we were done discussing cars. British gentleman, how far are you from Chanhassen, Minnesota? Me? Well, I'm guessing that Savage is about 30 minutes from Chanhassen. Why? British gentleman, I was at Prince's Paisley Park Studio in Chanhassen a couple of years ago. Me, doing what? British gentleman, recording music. Back then, Paisley Park was the best studio in the world. Me, are you a technician or a producer? British gentleman, neither. I'm a musician. Oh, my, what's your name? British gentleman, Jeff Beck. Me, Jeff Beck. I continue with a string of expletives that would make my grandmother proud. I'm a big fan of yours. What's it like to work with Prince? Jeff Beck, I never met Prince. I was at Paisley Park for just one week, Monday through Friday. The record company I was under contract with had rented one of the studios there for that week. There wasn't much else going on at Paisley Park when I was there. I rarely saw anyone other than those people I was working with. Me. Too bad you didn't get to meet Prince. Uh, Jeff Beck. Well, I think I came close to meeting him. 
I was in the commissary on Friday, the last day I was there. I was making a cup of tea, as I had done many times uh, each of the previous four days. As usual, there was no one around but me in this large room. The door opened, and a big man in a dark suit walked in and asked me what I was doing there. I told him I was making tea. He told me I had to get out of the commissary immediately. I apologized and told him that I had been down here making tea all week, and nobody told me I couldn't be in here. He informed me that Prince was now on the property, and because of this, much of the facility was off-limits to me and anyone else. He then asked me what business I had being at Paisley Park Studios. I told him that my record company had rented a particular studio for the week. He then asked me what my name was, and I told him. He didn't say anything, but he had a confused look on his face. He turned around and walked away. I don't believe that he knew me. I hope you and your podcast listeners enjoy my Jeff Beck story. Rest in peace, Jeff, Ted, and Maiden Rock. Isn't that great? Don't get, really what, cool. what year was, was Jeff there? Did he happen to cite that by chance? I think it was 89. He was cool. there. I know he was there in 89 with uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and they were practicing for their upcoming tour. Wow. Uh, so 89, That would, Chan Hassan would have basically been out in the middle of the country back then, right? Right. <clears throat> well, he was talking to him. That's cool. In the 2000s. And Beck said I was there a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah. maybe it was after that. Yeah. Uh, but I think the guy he's referencing, isn't that uh, his bodyguard chick? I have no idea. He, he was a big, big, big mountain of a man. Well, whoever the oaf was, he didn't know who Jeff Beck well, was. I, I wouldn't call him an, an oaf. No, yeah, he, he I could, am going to. He could he take was all a, of us on at once. He was a gentle giant. Okay, he, he gentle would, giant, but he didn't know who Jeff Beck sweetheart. was, which surprises me. He was the one that when uh, I was at that Miles Davis show at Glam Slam, and I was upstairs, and Prince was right next to me at the bar, and uh, I said uh, to Prince, thanks for uh, bringing Miles in, and I felt somebody pushing against my shoulder and I, I turned and looked up and up and up <laughs> and up <laughs> and he didn't say anything to me he just looked at me and that was my cue get away yeah get away no get more talking no right. more talking right. uh, what a cool story i have further corroboration of the uh, i had another jeff beck note from an emailer who sent me a video of Jeff Beck joining, uh, uh, I'm having a mental blank. Who is the lead guitar? Pete Townsend. Uh, and Pete Townsend and Jeff Beck uh, were on stage with a uh, an orchestral ensemble in uh, England and uh, playing a song in which both Townsend and Beck were seated. They were sitting with their guitars. And it was all Beck could do to not spring out of his chair when it came time for him to play the lead. Oh, wow. Oh, what's the song? Oh, it'll come to me. I have further corroboration that uh, perhaps the most principal problem in the failed academy is the number of administrators who have nothing to do and as a result of having nothing to do have pretty much ruined the failed academy. Okay. Because what they ultimately decided that they must do was task themselves with making sure no kid was ever uncomfortable. Thus, you have the uh, 
the teacher at Hamlin not being re-signed for her contract because she managed to make some kid uncomfortable. Right. And there was nobody to say, go bleep yourself, which the <laughs> failed academy needs. Which is what some people are desperately. saying, thank God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thousands of administrators at Stanford that they ultimately put out a language advisory, which they took so much heat for, they took it off the the map. And then you've got thousands of administrators at Southern Cal, and they're all scurrying to come up with new ways to find that make kids uncomfortable. And in the School of Social Work, they came up with the idea that the word field might be traumatizing, could be racist. Uh, and th this is all the fault of them being too administratively top-heavy. Right. And now we learn, and this is for our friends at the Center of the American Experiment, We uh, and this is by uh, uh, Katrin Wigfall, and she writes, My previous post on ballooning district administrative growth nationwide led many to ask about Minnesota-specific numbers. While school district administrative growth in the state has not mirrored that across the nation, principal assistant principal growth, a separate category, in the state is nearly 10 times greater than teacher growth between 2000 and 2019, according to Minnesota data from the National Center for Education Statistics compiled by the Center of the American Experiment. The number of principals and assistant principals on K-12 public school staff increased nearly 40% from fall of 2000 to fall of 2019, compared to 4% growth in teachers over the same time period. The principal-assistant principal growth is a bit of a head-scratcher for me, given the low teacher growth. Perhaps the growth is primarily due to more assistant principals being added to schools. I welcome thoughts on a potential why factor. Mm. Instructional aides have grown by nearly 36%. Guidance counselors have grown by 38%. And student support staff has grown by 135%. Wow. This includes nurses, social workers, psychologists, speech therapists, etc., Student mental health concerns, GL has predicted that will become a bigger and bigger dynamic in the failed education system. Student mental health concerns have been at the forefront of education-related conversations recently with numerous studies associating school closures with adverse mental health systems. So there you have it. Uh, further corroborating evidence that hand-in-hand hand with the academy failing is the growth in administration. And I submit to you, let's just go back to Stanford, with 15,700 administrators Jeez. and only 16,900 students, you have too many administrators who quite literally have to invent a reason for them being there. And the reason they've invented, it strikes me, is that they have decided that no child shall be made uncomfortable. So they keep finding these absurd examples of what they believe, because they're idiots, they believe could cause discomfort, thus the word field. Or in Hamlin's case, uh, a, a depiction of Allah shown after great forewarning that if this bothers you, you may leave the class. And so what do we do? We don't go say, go bleep yourself right. if you're upset. You were given plenty of warning. We can the teacher. 
because somebody was made. And I'm sure involved in that decision to not re-sign the adjunct professor uh, were administrators. Among them would be the vice president for ironically named inclusive excellence. Mm -hmm. So you've got too many of these people on board and they're ruining the whole thing. It's pretty much ruined. There are a few schools where maybe this is under control, but I'm essentially unaware of them. It's almost as though all the academies in the country decided on the same day, let's ruin this. And Who the, oversees them? Well, I would imagine, let's take a school like Hamlin. I would imagine the uh, Fainese Miller, the so-called president of what used to be Hamlin, because it's no longer a school in my estimation, 1854 to, 19, to 2022, rest in peace. <laughs> I would imagine Fainese Miller, uh, the president of Hamlin, uh, or the presidents of other schools, they oversee the administration. But nobody oversees the president? Uh, it could be, I guess, in the case of a public school, it would be a board of regents might oversee the president. Well, in the case of Hamlin, uh, she needs to go. Well, of course. It's... It, they're, they should lose their accreditation as a but school. They're there's not a school. No, there's nobody there to show her the door. No, because all of the administrators put in place would be there to all pat her same, on yeah, the back exactly. and say, yes, we've caused some Islamophobia here. We must do something about this. Harumph, harumph. And out goes the teacher. Uh, there's even Muslim Prater, organizations... Such there's even Muslim organizations that are against the school. Oh, many, that many Muslims and many Muslim <clears throat> organizations think Hamlin is acting ridiculously, mm -hmm. and uh, that's been well noted. I'm I'm aware of that. Uh, in fact, I'm sure there are many Muslim organizations that are embarrassed by this, yeah, and, and believing this does our program no good whatsoever for you to act like this. It shows that we're intolerant and and quick to hit the trigger, and we're not. Those organizations are saying, we're not that way at all. And here come this, here come these fools who are led by their own sense of virtue, and they really don't know what they're doing. Right. And uh, it's not education. It's just not an education. And Hamlin, forever in my mind, is no longer a university. So, but getting back to the center of the American experiment, there's further corroboration in the state of Minnesota that there's just this great emphasis on hiring more and more and more administrators and and uh, what what was I calling them? Uh, student, uh, what did I call them? Uh, not only more assistant principals, uh, but more and more uh, aides guidance counselors, things of that nature, nurses and what have you. And none of it has to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic, <clears throat> nothing. You know, um, I hate to pile on. Actually, I don't. I don't hate to pile on. Um, but I discovered another piece of audio that I from? think is worthy of your time. From? Well, her name is Alexandria Occasional. Uh, Cortex. But I like to call her AOC. Right. And she has weighed in on the gas stove controversy. Oh, I'd like to hear this. Um, I'd like to hear this. All I'm going to say to you and the GLers is, is buckle up. All right. Are you ready? She Your was responding right. to some criticism by this those... This is a woman who couldn't boil water. Right. 
she was responding to some criticism by those pointing out that she herself has been videoed using a gas stove because mm-hmm. she likes to chronicle everything on social media. Oh. <clears throat> I do think it's funny that like absolute utter Republican meltdown where they're like, you can take my gas stove or my cold dead hands or how dare you talk about gas stoves. You have a gas stove. First of all, first of all, I rent, period. Second of all, mm. though, it doesn't even matter because by that logic, these are the same people who would have said we should have never gotten rid of leaded gasoline just because someone no. may have driven a gasoline car. Science evolves and gives know? us new knowledge with time. Oh, God. <laughs> <coughs> she, she doesn't even realize how dumb she's being. I was listening to that while Joe was reading that email, and I was trying so hard to contain my my laughter. And, uh, it's sad. Um, first of all, I believe because there's supposed to take this seriously. There, there's captions associated with said video, which I will post to the Garage Logic website. The word "like" shows up four times but in that thirty-four second clip. That's why I. Really but, worked on you guys to distinguish yourselves you from the rest of the world is we don't use the word like. I'm glad What's that you have. frightening, though, is that there are people watching that going, yeah. You get yeah. them, AOC. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Like, like I got a stove. And Make bartending great again. There was a great photo where someone had a regular gas stove with the four burners on top. And yeah, it we said, have one. I know that now. And it says gas stove. And then next to it, is a is a stove that has the six burners, yep. and it says assault stove, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> you know what's great about a gas stove? Lighting, Lighting a up cigarette? a lung. Bar. I knew yeah. he was gonna say that. <laughs> but Kenny, that's like having a car idling in your house, right? Right there in the house, right? right. That's gonna kill me. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes. I don't know how we made it this far. Yes, sir. How do we get this far? AOC, she's my gal. How do we get this far? You know, you, you, you look like you could use we right get now. Patrick. You look like you could use a nice shower to calm down. You okay. know how you get a nice shower? You get great water. You get to talk slowly? From Hofferman Water, Joe. Okay. You get that Kinetico system installed? Ooh. Your shower is top drawer. I mean... And I mean, I mean like, you'll have, like, the best shower like. on the block. Hofferman Water is an independent water treatment dealer. I have been a customer of Hofferman and Connecticut for years, and I'm very, very happy that I made that switch, and I know that you will be, too. Hofferman offers sales, service, and rentals, if you're interested, by the way, for Connecticut water treatment systems, and that portfolio includes water softeners, iron, rust, and odor filtration systems, and why not treat yourself with a new drinking water system? And that's because a new system from Connecticut can do so many things other water softeners just simply cannot do. It's going to cut down on your salt usage. Yes, check. It's also going to protect your appliances. Check. Bad water is awful, and it can affect almost every aspect of your home. So get that new system. Your laundry's better. Your drinking water's better. And so are your relaxing showers after a tough day of listening to AOC. So get in touch with my friends at Hofferman Water today, 952-894-4040. That's 952-894-4040. Or just visit their website, HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joseph Jure, 
This guy wears many hats. Hey, no. Did it again. Hey. Just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Third time's a charm. Yeah. Hey, Pat. Yes, Joe. What's up? <laughs> uh, what is up? What is up? Oh, well, I know. Uh, I know. I know. Minor what? League Baseball's bringing robot umpires in 2023. Oh, no. You, uh... To all levels? All minor league baseball in 2023 will have robot umpires. How do they do that? What are they doing? Yep, that was just announced this morning, I saw. Seriously, how do they do that? No idea. Well, no, it's it's the computer does it, and then uh, the uh, the umpire gets a little beep or something and makes the call, you know. So, But he doesn't call the balls and strikes. So we might have another incident. If the computer's off, though, we can have an incident like Frankie Viola got thrown out of a game as a pitching coach in the uh, independent league for arguing with the, uh, the, computer. With the computer. Yep. So, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're trying to get there. I wonder, you know, we just had 10 umpires retire. Seven of them were crew chiefs. Ooh. And uh, between adding uh, – between adding – these more road trips by having more, you know, teams spread out around the country with changing the schedule, but uh, and uh, also bringing in all this stuff about trying to decide whether a guy's cheating against the shift or not. I think some of them just said the hell with it; they'll take their nice retirement package. So um, it's, uh, it's. But you know, ultimately, what this is going to cost us, Patrick? Behind the rubber. You'll never hear that You'll again. You'll never hear a great Earl meltdown like that anymore. Is baseball trying to kill itself? I don't know. None of nobody in MLB watched Brockmire. The final season no. of Brockmire predicted all of this. <laughs> all of it. Yes. yes, it did. Yes, it did. Well, I said the other day. I said that uh, 2030, uh, we're going to have the hour and 50 minute game. With the two ball and one strike uh, count to the hitters, and uh, each inning starts with runners on first and third. Let's go! Come on! Oh my God! Yeah, they're uh, they have no confidence in themselves, <laughs> and uh, you know I would think there's a real blow to pride of the umpires because the good ball and strike umpires are the you know the most revered guys in baseball, and now now it's going to be the computer. But a lot of a uh, lot of the young, uh, what the analytic uh, geniuses think it's a great idea. Oh, yeah. But they're killing now the game. What? They're ki- I'm okay. talking to serious fans who are ringing. They're wiping their hands of baseball. Oh God, yes, they're uh, they're in trouble. There's no doubt about it. But what? So what is going to be a strike? What is the computer? If it yeah. touches the line, is it a strike? Is it like? If you're going out of bounds, are you are you now going to have the computer determine how much of the ball does a certain amount of the ball have to be in the strike zone, or does it just have to touch it? We got to, you know, is it going to be like if you're out of bounds in football? If you got one spike out, you're out of bounds. Did you make a if baseball got, move? Did you make a baseball? Yeah, you move? You have to make yeah, a baseball got, move. Yeah, <laughs> if if you got a seam on the corner, is it a strike? I don't know. So. Yes, it's going to be. Uh, they're going to make it uh, harder and harder and harder. So. Pat, our Wild had a nice effort last night against the Island. They were down one nothing yes. through two periods and won it three to one with an empty yes. header. Yes, they did. Uh, they uh, 
they uh, had kind of a. I think they got two tie points in the uh, in these three game losing streak. Right, two of those were overtime. They got three of the four points in the two games. Yeah, they beat the. Or they, they, they got a point for tying the Rangers, and they won last night. They're way. Who was in the? Who was betwixt the pipes last night? Gusty. Gusty came back, okay, because they were worried about whether he was going to be injured or not. So Gusty's been way better than people thought. He was supposed to be a stiff, but uh, he's he's been pretty good. And uh, you know they're way better than I thought. I thought they were going to be marginal playoff team, but they're they're uh, they're pretty good. Is Kaprasov going to make it till the end of the year? He's playing uh, about the whole game. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. they uh, they let him if they need a goal they let him stay out there an extra shift and then they power play they that first shift on the power play is about a minute twenty now instead yep. of a you know fifty seconds because uh, you get him out there well it's the only time you get him and Eck out there together which is uh, Eck should be their his center now I think but mm-hmm. uh, they don't hey but his center scored the big goal last that's time. right damn still got that's the big right. Goal. You were uh, pretty impressed with the Gophers over Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, they played good. Uh, Darcy Garcia, who went to Marquette and bailed out, then went to North Carolina and, and came home halfway through the season. And uh, he looked like a bust to me early in the year. He was he wanted to shoot jump shots, but he was down and dirty last night. And played, he got twenty eight points. Played real good. And then Joe, we got the big call. 1.7 seconds to go. That's tie game. The Gophers looks like they're going to uh, kick away another one because they had a nice lead, and then they let it get away. And uh, the guy from Ohio State blocks a shot, and they call it a foul, and our guy makes one out of two free throws, and they win the game. So I was – did you, Joe, I know you weren't watching, but they had the, ref, they had the coaches mic'd up, right? Yeah. That's going to be their big gimmick to try to get somebody to watch a Gopher to uh, not watch – college basketball now because the games are all, you know, they're just endless games. And uh, they had them all mic'd up all night. This is not just for little tidbits. They had them screaming all night. And these guys are lunatics. Ben Johnson, I love him, but shut up for two minutes. These guys are playing and they're screaming, Cardi, get get over here. They're not listening to you. No, they're not listening. They're trying to watch this other guy. They're not over. You can't. You can't give constant instruction. The guy from Ohio State wasn't quite as bad, but this week, later this week, uh, Richard Patino from New Mexico and Tim Miles, our old friend, uh, now at San Jose State, are going to be mic'd up. So uh, we can. So if you if you always wondered what Patino was whining about, now you have a chance to listen in. It'll yeah. be great. He's the guy who but, practiced uh, making faces in front of the mirror, I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, he was just a kid when he got the jab here. Can we, can we talk about what's really important to life and patriotism, and that's the playoffs in the league starting in this the league. weekend. That's the right, league. that's right. And, uh, yeah, I'm sticking with my Jacksonville pick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'll go ahead. What's interesting? Here's the. I have decided this is the key to the uh, Sunday game. All right. If if they go back to what they did last year and really call no penalties in the playoffs, they uh, 
you know, let you lasso guys when they're trying to rush the quarterback and, and, and not call that many pass interferences. Then if the Vikings are allowed to tackle the, uh, Giants pass rushers uh, and not get called for holding, then I think the Vikings will win. But if they if they call a few holding penalties early when the Vikings are trying to wrestle these guys to the ground, then uh, then the refs are going to have it. You can't use robot refs to call holding, I don't think. And uh, and I think uh, the big key to the game is going to be whether they let the let the Vikings uh, do a lot of. Uh, Grabbing as, as they're trying to rush the quarterback. You so don't what's for, your what's your pick? Forty-one zip. Yeah. No, no. My pick is Giants twenty-nine. Why do you do this? Uh, Vikings twenty-four. This is good That's though, because he's always wrong. You're always <laughs> wrong, so that means <laughs> the Vikings are winning. Love you, brother. I, I love you. <laughs> okay, who was it that said last week? This is going to be a bad loss for Green Bay before the kickoff. You did before say that. Before the kickoff. You did say that. Yes, yeah. I did. And uh, I was down on Green Bay all year, and I can guarantee you this will be a harder game than it would have been against Green Bay. Uh, this game will be a tougher game for them. You know, I wasn't now, planning on going at all, gentlemen, to the <laughs> game on Sunday afternoon, but then I found out who the halftime entertainment is for this game, and now Ludacris! I'm going I'm gonna go watch Ludacris at halftime. Yeah. Are you going? Oh, Ludacris. Oh, my old pal Ludacris. <laughs> my old pal. Yeah. Your bud. My old pal Ludacris. I was over at the North Henry basketball game about 12 years ago, and these they were playing this guy, this rap music, and the cheerleaders were dancing like maniacs, and uh, and all the kids were up in the stands dancing, and I said to this young gal next to me, who is that song? Who's, who's singing that? And she said, "Ludicrous." Yeah. And I said, oh, he's my favorite. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me the dirtiest look of all time. He said, I've never let this fat old white guy listen to him. I've never listened to Ludicrous again. Hey, uh, honey, who, uh, hey, how's that Ludicrous size? Who he is this? Was he, uh, what is this guy? <laughs> yeah, well, Ludicrous, boy, he's, he's reduced to going to halftimes of uh, First round playoff. A wild card playoff game in Minnesota. I wonder what they got to pay him for that. Oh, I don't. I bet he's getting a hundred. I bet he's getting a hundred. No, we get fifty, maybe fifty, not a hundred. I wonder what. Does does that mean we got to move a stage out there? Probably. Get the fans out. Get them all jacked up. Are you going Sunday? I am going. I am. uh, I think this will be my third Viking game in the new ballpark. I'm going. Just so we can tell some reminiscing stories about forty-one donuts. That's why. Yeah. That's his main. That's his main concern there. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'm going to stand up and scream, "Waswa!" <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't get away with anything, Joe. You I know. know. In the press box anymore, they all look at you when you make a wisecrack. Right. That's you know? no fun. So, well, oh God, no! That game. Too bad you weren't at that game. That would have been the highlight of your life. Yeah. You need yeah, to do what quick. Sid did at the Super Bowl with Prince. You got to march down there and say, "I hey, want to talk to Luda." Hey, Chris, yeah. hey Luda, come over here, Luda. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, I I don't think so. You can't march down from there. You're so damn high. And, uh, you know, you're it, the game's a rumor from up there. That's it's a hard spot. place to navigate. Yes, it is. And they don't let you, Joe, uh, rookie. They don't let you come in. The media come in the front. You got to go around the back. You basically got to go to St. Paul and then come back <laughs> to come in on the other side. 
it's uh, that stadium. That's like three times bigger uh, the footprint than the other place. It's unbelievable. Members well, I, of my uh, family will be making oodles and oodles of cash. Oh, yeah. serving up uh, the juice at the uh, at the bank. What do, what do we charge for a nice little gin and tonic there? About eighteen, maybe. That's a really good question. I will re- I will find out and report back to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking yeah. to your. I'm looking forward to your report on Monday. We'll have a live oh, yes. eyewitness report. Oh, we will. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be good. We'll uh, anyway. I would. Uh, it, it's really this is the this is the goofiest team that's ever played. So yes, who it is. knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, they had me make my prediction, and I had a little fun with. Uh, I don't know if it's going to run or when it's going to run or anything. So I. Can't give it away, but I had a little fun with my punchline on this one. So, All right. So, I'll talk to you Monday. Okay. Good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Say, I want to thank uh, Jeff. Look at this. Uh, I just tweeted this out. This is seriously this so one of the coolest things I've ever seen a listener give you. Look at hold that. this up so listeners can see it. It's yep. almost like a coat of arms. Right. That's really neat. GL, Garage Logic. This is uh, Joe. Uh, listening from the beginning, I get crabby when you guys are not there. I can get you a sign. You need a sign? <laughs> Here's a sandblasted carved cedar sign to hang in the garage or light your next campfire with. I would not do that. Congrats on the years and the 1,000th podcast. Hail everyone. Jeff Case, Designs by Jeff. And then he also sent a picture of the two bobbleheads he has on his desk. Me and uh, the, the, former, gov. the former governor. And the body. Love that. Former governor. Um, but here, this guy has a website. Check this guy's workout. Oh, give it to me. I'll uh, link it. I'll link it. Well, let me get it for you. Here we go. Uh, it's a dot com thing. W- Does w- the w- Sooch w- bobblehead look frightened? Yeah. Hi, Joe. Designs by Jeff, one word. J E F F. Designs by Jeff dot com. This guy can this guy can carve and sandblast, man. What about the www? Do we put Let's that see, you got to have a, a wah 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 dot designs by Jeff dot com. <clears throat> that is really a nice piece of work. I don't know if that's going to stay here or go home. I think that's got to go in your garage. I think it's got to go home. That's really cool. Yeah. I put it on both the social media channels if dealers want to check it out, and I'll link. Jeff's website to the Garage Logic page as well. You could put it out in that outer office, class that hellhole up yeah, a little bit. I could. I can't believe how much you guys have trashed that since I departed. Well, we got the famous uh, Copeland cigar box guitar out there. We've got the uh, Schoonover hood. But don't you think wasn't oh, wow. wasn't Bernard in there a couple of days ago? He might have stolen some stuff. Yeah. Well, what do you suppose went through his mind when he turned the corner and walked into that asshole? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as you're making it out to be, Kenny. I think it's. Uh, hey, Kenny. Really Jeff, I think he was still smiling from that big fat contract he signed. Jeff also uh, does artwork for uh, race cars. It's on his website. Yeah, well, check out his website. It's really cool. You want to take a break? No, I want to hear Kenny tell me about DK May. Oh, well, I wanted to talk to GLers on their way out of town this weekend. If you're headed up northbound 35W, peel off uh, and head to uh, DK Mags on Old 8 in New Brighton. If you need any ammo or anything firearm-related, they're a full-service gun shop with a wide selection of everything we need to, uh, you know, maybe shred some cardboard this weekend or whatever you may be doing. DK Mags will also be happy to assist you in tracking down and purchasing the firearm or accessory you need. And you know what? The guns they have in the store aren't listed on the website. So 
that would be a perfect excuse to just linger for a few minutes and check out what's in the gun cabinet. Uh, you can also swing into Monticello Pond and Gun just south of 94 in Monticello. Great selection, fair prices at both DK Mags on Old 8 in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun. The website, dkmags.com. How long are we going to do this thing? That's not, I'm not done yet. Let's not overdo it on no, this. No, you are done. Wrap it up. Can I? It's the scramble. It is. And who are you going to call? Slush Buster. Thank you, rookie. It's that time of the year, Joe. It's it slush, really is. It's the season, isn't it's it? It's slush busting season. Yep, right And now. the weather's right for it. It really is. You yep. get that thaw going, you get a little slush up into that oh, wheel well. I mean. You need to go get yourself a slush buster. So uh, apologies go out to, this is from Dave, forwarded to me by the mayor. He says, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Hail you. I placed an order for my slush buster in early December and thought I would have it by now. Amazon shows that if I placed an order today, I should have it by Jan 9. What the hell? I'm wondering if you and the boys could work a little Christmas magic and help a relocated Minnesotan. Uh, lad with his dilemma, and I'd pay the inventory dude or a hardware store directly and cancel the Amazon order if you could help get what? this thing to me by Saturday. Maybe edit a little. All right. Know. I know. I'm trying, Kenny. Anyway, well, Dave, I'm sorry. Uh, we unfortunately don't have any control over Amazon. However, we do know a gentleman that owns 21 hardware stores here in the uh, Twin Cities area that could probably help you out. And so if you would like, I can forward your email to Mr. Fratelloni because okay. Slush Buster has been the hottest thing on the shelves at Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores for quite some time now. It's a great invention made right here in Burnsville, Minnesota from Dave Pounds, loyal GLer. He was tired of all that corrosive slush rusting his vehicle, so he came up with the Slush Buster. Check out their website, slushbuster.us. That's the official website of the great product that invaded GL last year. And it makes a great gift. I know the holidays are past us now, but if you've got a birthday coming up for a loyal GLer, maybe an anniversary of some type, the Slush Buster is a great gift. So place your order. Please let Dave know that you heard about the Slush Buster right here on the Garage Logic podcast, Joe. Such. What? Seven. Jeff Beck, Lisa Marie Presley, and now Robbie Knievel. No! All in the span of a week. Did you guys see the photo of Lisa Marie and her mother at the Golden Globes just a couple of days ago? She died the next day. Kenny, they look like they're sisters, not mother and daughter. Yeah. It's just terrible. Let me just finish this text. She was only 54. And she had what uh, Hamlin had for Buffalo, the cardiac arrest. Ooh. But she looked like she was rode hard and put away wet. Yeah, she looked she looked That's a lot older than fifty. Probably not uh, the best thing to say about somebody after their demise. Uh, and a lot of people on Twitter are ganging up on her and saying, "See, I told you so," because she was a big proponent of the uh, vax and uh, the shots. And they're saying, "Well, that's what killed her." We don't know that. You know, I ignored every every lure thrown to try to catch me on the Hamlin situation. Uh, many, 
many people uh, wanted to blame the vax for Hamlin. Right. I'm blaming a helmet in the chest that caught the heartbeat between beats. It's very odd, but it happens. Do you guys recall we were discussing uh, Governor Walls uh, was terribly excited, was jumping up and down like Dom DeLuise when he uh, <laughs> when he got to sit in that electric fire truck. Uh-huh. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, and that we learned that the fire truck cost, what, way over a million? It was very expensive. Twice as much as a regular fire truck? Yeah. And I got a note from uh, Sean down Foldaway who writes, Joe, you mentioned on January 9 that Walls was doing a photo op with Minnesota's first electric fire truck. Don't tell me we don't have any money. The truck as an electric with a diesel generator to keep the electric battery powered cost $1.6 million. The same truck with a standard diesel engine costs half that. Don't forget, that's just the initial cost of the truck. There also needs to be a newly built charging station, a power grid to support it, and a nearby maintenance facility to work on it. And if you thought a Chevy Bolt replacement battery was expensive and replacement prome, imagine what this electric fire truck will be worth in 10 years when the batteries are older, less effective, and antiquated technology. Today's decade-old fire trucks usually go from frontline use in the metro to second-line use, and their secondary trucks are often passed down to the used market to smaller and more rural departments who can afford who can then afford them. Our town department kept the fire truck going from 1976 until recently when the motor finally seized. What toxic landfill will all the electric vehicles, including fire trucks and slowmobiles, end up in a decade from now? Thanks for pushing back and occasionally looking up, Sean. Uh, I just uh, couldn't be more convinced that electric vehicles are the wrong way to go. I just couldn't be more convinced of it. And you're starting to hear more and more people voice their opinion. Here's a guy named Stephen Moore writing for Town Hall. I'm sure Town Hall is a conservative site, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about it, but no lefty is going to risk ripping EV cars because that's part of the agenda. But this guy is writing about... uh, what a piece of Americana the automobile is. And he's writing about his grandfather and how his dad served in the Pacific theater. And uh, uh, he'd been, he'd been thinking that uh, American auto companies, which are so often bailed out by the U S taxpayers have made no pronouncement. They intend in the next few years to stop making and assembling gas engine cars. You know, the kind of cars that Henry Ford started rolling off the assembly line, a hundred years ago in Detroit. Henceforth, virtually all American-made cars will be electric. Perhaps the corporate brass in Michigan's auto executive ranks thinks that makes them good global citizens. They are all in on the fight against global warming. They may be making a political bet that the federal government and more states are going to go the way of California and eventually mandate that every car produced must be battery-operated. But there is also a good deal of virtue signaling going on here by the forks at by the folks at Ford and General Motors. It's a free country, and if they want to start rolling millions of AVs off the assembly line, so be it. But it's one thing to make cars that appeal to the Sierra Club and quite another to produce automobiles that the typical buyer actually wants. And guess what? So far, most people have turned a decisive thumbs down on EVs. Uh, He said he's agnostic on them. 
but uh, so far, only about 6% of new cars sold are electric vehicles. And polls show that only about a half of Americans prefer an EV over a traditional car. Much larger majorities oppose the government telling us what kind of car we can buy. That's the group I would fall into. Mm. Incidentally, the one state that far outpaces the rest of the country in EV sales, with about one in five new car sales being battery-operated, is California. But hey, Detroit, sorry, California isn't the country. All of this to say, all of this is to say that there's a decent chance that American auto company shift to AVs is going to fail. This could even be the most epic failure for American car country since Ford introduced the Edsel. Meanwhile, and this is especially sad part of the story, at least one company realizes the tomfoolery of making only electric cars, and that company is the Japanese automaker Toyota. Akia Toyoda, the president and grandson of the founder of the giant Japanese car company, is going to buck the trend. People involved in the auto industry are largely a silent majority, Toyota recently told news reporters. That silent majority is wondering whether EVs are really okay to have as a single option, but they think it's the trend so they can't speak loudly. Toyota wasn't done. I believe we need to be realistic about when society will be able to fully adopt battery electric vehicles, he explained, and frankly, EVs are not the only way to achieve the world's carbon neutrality goals. Toyota is right on all counts. There is scant evidence that EVs will reduce pollution levels more than traditional cars, in part because most of the energy for the batteries comes from burning fossil fuels and because the batteries themselves create waste issues. How can it be? That a Japanese CEO is more plugged into the tastes, preferences, and buying habits of American car buyers than those based here at home. Yes, I know Toyota has many plants in the U.S. You would think that U.S. automakers would understand a basic red, white, and blue reality, which is that Americans have a special and long-standing love affair with their cars. They aren't going to trade in their Mustangs, Camaros, Cadillacs, and trucks for an EV. For many of us, that would be akin to taking away our firstborn. What's sadder still Mm -hmm. is that the Japanese seem to understand American car buyers better than execs in Detroit. Honda and Toyota were the first to recognize that people wanted more fuel-efficient cars when gas prices more than tripled in the 70s. And all this means if GM, Ford, and Chrysler speed forward with their commitment to convert to 100% EVs, I'm going to have to break my long-standing pledge to my parents to buy American and never purchase a Japanese car. The American, but I, he'll change that. The American companies will have given me no choice. I'm sorry, this is 2023, not 1923, when Henry Ford said you could have a Model T in any color so long as it was black. Incidentally, as this woke green energy fad fades into the sunset, as it most assuredly will, man, I'm rooting for this guy, and the American auto companies see their sales crash, they better not come begging for yet another taxpayer bailout. Aren't those wise words? I said this. I'm proud of myself for saying this early on. I was, I've been disappointed in the car companies. Yep, they just you, None of you had any balls whatsoever. You just caved right over like a cheap suit, and you started making EVs, and uh, you were wrong. And this guy is taking it a much uh, 
step further and saying you're going to fail. Wouldn't you right. think? Don't come back to me for a bailout. Wouldn't you think that those American car companies and those executives and chairmen, they know exactly what Mr. Toyota knows? They just decided to follow the trend. Yes. They took a chance. Well, they and they decided, they decided to follow the politics. Right. And they're afraid to say what Toyota's saying. Right. And they all know it. You're right. They all know it to be true. These morons, they took a Mustang and turned it into an EV. Are you kidding me? Nobody wants that. And the Cadillac and the Lincoln and the Silverado. I don't want one. I want Those are government cars. I don't want one. Like a rock. Only. Oh, by the way, Town Hall, you were correct. Uh, it's a American politically conservative website owned by Salem Communications. Well, and as I say, you know, David Brooks isn't going to write that column, and Tom Friedman isn't going to write that column because they're all on board with the agenda. Rook, who else isn't going to write that column? Ricey. Joe. George Will might write that column. Hmm. I wonder if he still got the Jag he bought here in September of well, 2001. That car would be 22 years old. Well, maybe, he's, maybe he's very frugal. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans at WorldWideWaftage.com. It was on this day. Friday, January 13th. The cruiser Duluth was launched in Newport News, Virginia, christened by Ella T. Hatch, wife of Duluth Mayor Edward H. Hatch. In May 1945, the ship became part of the U.S. fleet in World War II. Is that the one where you guys went to go listen to the horn? No, that that was the Titanic. Oh, it was? Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. <laughs> On this day in 1978, uh, January 13th, Hubert H. Humphrey died. I remember that. No more needs to be said. I did. I do too. I remember that. On this day in 1982, January 13th. January 13th, nature writer and environmentalist Sigurd Olson, and if you haven't read him, I recommend it. Died in Ely. Born in Chicago in 1899, Olson served as a canoe guide in the Boundary Waters region and was active in environmental issues beginning in the 1920s, playing a prominent role in the battle for federal protection of the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness Canoe Wilderness Area and beginning and serving as president of the Wilderness Society. I've enjoyed his writing. Nice. Have you read him, Kenny? Sigurd Olson? Nothing. Not one word. You'd nope. enjoy it. You'd okay. enjoy it. Thank you, GLers. And go. Was that? was that my chair? Yeah. I think so. Go Vikes, huh? Hey, yeah, let's do it. Hey, go Vikes. Skull. 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 Shrink from their skull. Skull. My God. My goddess. Rook, you going to take her from here? Yeah. I'm going to take you to Pod Man. Take you down to Pod Man and you can go check it all out. What are you going to check out? All the podcasts that are out there. There's some great stuff out there. You just got to check it out. Pod Man on your smartphone. Slide on over to your YouTube channel. Garage Logic has a YouTube channel. I'd like you to subscribe to that and you will be entertained and you'll check out some really cool videos. Stuff that might be brand new to you but happened so long ago. That's Garage Logic on YouTube. And then, of course, the town council. Sign up at garagelogic.com. And, you know, for a very, very 
wonderful low price of 10 bucks a month or $100 for the year, you can get inside information. How long till Find he out. drops that sign? He's going to drop. He's already hit it with the microphone. Look at the it. way he picked up the logo. That's really cool. I can't wait for mine to come. That's uh, Jeff Designs. Uh, designs, by Jeff? Designs, designs by, by Jeff. Designs by Jeff.com. Jeff. Yeah.